0: This is episode 333, dated Friday, November 10th, 2023.
1: You are listening to the In Perspective Weekly Podcast with Bob Branco and Peter O'Toole.
0: Hello everybody and welcome once again to In Perspective. My name is Bob Branco. This is episode 333, dated Friday. November 10th, 2023. First of all, let me introduce our friend and co-host, Peter Alchil. Peter, what's going on up in Coos Bay, Oregon?
2: You're doing great, Bob. Appreciate the Oregon reference. It's a beautiful day here. We're supposed to get rain for the next three weeks after today, but weather here is really bizarre. Three weeks? To, uh, well, I'm exaggerating, but if you look at the 10 rates forecast, it says either showers or rain for the next 10 days. I um, see. So it's, 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 it's rainy season. That's, that's what goes on in Coos Bay this time of year, but we're doing right. fine
0: otherwise. Excellent. Yeah. We're cold and raw here in the Northeast. So that's culture shock for us. Anyway, let me thank those people who make it possible for in perspective to be made available to the public. We start out with Raymond Gay, our executive producer. Thank you very much for what you do. I would also like to thank Tom and Lynn from Rosie's Place Chatline. They post our shows on greeting door number 15. Thank you for that. I want to thank our media outlets for airing us when they do. And also Jacqueline Sylvia of JS Web Solutions. She archives our programs on my website. All you have to do is go to www.brancoevents.com. Arrow down until you get to In Perspective Podcasts. Click on those. And you will see all of our archives from latest to earliest.
2: Merci, Jackie.
0: I also have two people to give shout-outs to that are faithful listeners, Leonard Tuchener and Reginald George. Thank you very much for listening to In Perspective. And I also want to thank our host for today. I didn't catch your name.
1: It's Marcy.
0: Marcy, thank you very much for taking the time to be with us today to help us out. We appreciate that. One of the most popular topics that we hear about on the news is the issue of climate change. We always hear about climate change. The climate is changing. Is it man's fault? Is it just a cycle? Is it mother nature? Is it just the way things are evolving? And today we have a panel discussion. We have some people who are going to talk about climate change, present both sides of the issue. And let me introduce each panel member one by one. We start out with Steve Roberts.
3: Hey, how are you, Rob? Uh, Robert? I'm doing well. Yes, I, I am the author of The Wise and What's of Weather, which is in the process of being expanded and revised. The, the Wise and What's of Weather is a general interest weather book that looks at everything from soup to nuts in the world of weather, and in the revised edition, I'm going to recast the Dynamic Volatile Era chapter. The Dynamic Volatile Era is an era of extreme weather resulting from human-caused climate change. Uh, Weather is becoming more dynamic and more volatile at the same time. If you look at the wavy stream, huh?
0: We'll talk more about that. I'm going to introduce the rest of the panel members, and then I'm going to have each one of you do an intro, and then we'll get to questions and answers. All right. So, thank you very much, Steve, for being on the program. We also have Rick Troyano. Rick, welcome.
4: Okay, Bob. Thank you very much from a from a beautiful day here in the here in the Boca Raton, Florida. It's about 85 degrees and sunny.
0: All right. Is Karen Crowder here? I don't (laughs) think she's here yet. So we're going to move on. How about immigrant from New York? Are you here?
5: All right. Do you hear me, everyone? How are you? Doing all right. Hello, Bob. Hello, everyone. I am here to actually oppose climate alarmist policies and climate alarmist issues.
0: Well, this ought to be interesting. But before we get to questions and answers, I'm going to have each of the panel members that are on the panel at the moment state their positions briefly, and then we'll get to it.
2: So uh, before, before we do that, I want to make a comment and I, I, I'm sorry to overrule you, but the way this issue is framed bothers me. So there are, there are, there is one side that talks about the man-made component of climate change. And there's the other side that talks about sort of the, this is a natural kind of thing. You know, it's, it's nature. And the way I look at it, it's not a question of either or it's both and that is how much of this issue is man-made. And how much of it is just a natural nature thing? And the other question I'd like us to think about, and your panelists is, you know, what what's the difference if it's man made or nature made? How how should our policies differ? Uh, Bob, forgive me for interrupting you, but I it bothers me that's either or not a both and. Well, 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 that's a fair conclusion, Peter. I'm sure there are a lot of people out there who believe that
0: both sides contribute to climate change. I'm not denying that at all. So what I'd like to do now is. Give our panel members a couple minutes to state their positions one way or the other. And we'll start out with Steve Roberts.
3: Alright. And, and you make a good point. Is it natural? Is it, is it anthropogenic or man-made? It's, it's an, it's, it's an anthropogenic or human-caused process. We are warming the world at a time when the world would have cooled. Okay. So basically it isn't enough to say that we are simply changing the climate. We are counter-modifying it we are we are causing the climate to change in the completely opposite way to which it would have changed naturally right now we would be shivering and shoveling instead of sweltering and sweating so the the world is warming at a time when it would have cooled we're sort of doing the anthropogenic 180 on the climate and unfortunately you know we're not doing anything to go 180 degrees in the opposite direction so you know the world is getting warmer the weather is becoming more extreme and in my newly revised book, I will try and make that case to the, to the readers of the world. And I'm Steve, done with my position on the matter. Go ahead.
2: Steve, All right. um, uh, uh, forgive me, Bob. I'll, I want to throw a quick question at Steve. Steve, you talked about that the, the man-made stuff is sort of countervailing nature stuff. Can you speak for 30 seconds about what that, what that statement research is based on?
3: Well, we, we know that, that climate changes in cycles it's called the Milankovitch cycle and it's an orbital phase or a series of orbital phases that take us <clears throat> closer to and further from the Sun and it also alters the, the tilt of the earth on its axis so that you know during ice ages the the Earth's tilt from solstice to solstice is less so the summers are cooler and the winters are warmer And we homogenize those seasonal differences in such a way as to keep the snow around. And our orbital processes right now are moving inexorably toward a colder phase. So that's the research that takes us, you know, to the natural. Now we're seeing CO two content rise and we see temperatures rise in lockstep with it. The only time the temperatures fail to be in phase is when you have a volcanic setback that brings you three or four years of of cooling because of the aerosols that they blast into the stratosphere. But for the most part, the relationship between carbon dioxide and <clears throat> temperature increase is very, very solid. It's 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 incontrovertible. I mean if you look at one you'll see the other.
0: Thank you, Steve. I appreciate the, it. All right Steve, yeah, thanks welcome. very much. We'll get back to you shortly. Rick Troiano from Florida, you're up next.
4: Okay, Bob, thank you very much. And let me say first of all, that Peter, I, I absolutely agree with you. I think it's a, I think it's a man-made deal and I also think it's, it's nature also. Living here in Florida, one of the things that I've noticed is We are experiencing storms, major storms, hurricanes later on in the year into November. And it seems, and it seems every year it just gets worse and worse. We have more and more storms hitting this area. Another thing that I noticed and my wife and I have, have had a discussion on this, although my wife seems to look at it a little bit differently. But <clears throat> the ocean is not only coming up on the shore little by little, but also there are much more sand dunes than they had years ago. And you know, I remember in the seventies and eighties and they talked and I you know you were rooted into it before the earnest hands and and how that affects the atmosphere. So that's kind of my perspective.
2: I just wanna make a quick comment to you, Rick. I'm gonna sort of be the devil's advocate <laughs> in these conversations as much as I sensibly can be. Sure. What what I what I noticed this year uh, in Florida, and this may be an unusual year, the hurricane season has been non-existent this year. Now it's a one that's a one-time thing, but I do find it curious, you know, that that this year, when the weather is supposed to be more volatile, it's been very very quiet. You know, or it's been volatile, Peter. We've we had about three or four tropical storms bypass New England in a matter of two or three weeks. And that might be what makes us more volatile, right? That the storms go to a different place than where they're sure. supposed to go, right? Um, sure, exactly. But but in, but in Florida, it's been a very quiet year, and in Texas, all the places that have had rough years the past few years—Florida, Texas, Louisiana, the southern coast—it's been it's been very very quiet. And by the way, no yeah. hurricanes, right? These there's been primarily tropical storms, which are bad enough, but right. uh, no, I just wanted to make Yeah, an observation. no hurricanes,
4: right? Yeah. Exactly. Peter, no hurricanes. By of the tropical storms, though.
0: Yeah. Well, there was one that that hit the Fort Myers area earlier this summer, Rick, wasn't there?
3: Yes, there was. It hit Tampa <sighs> and
0: Fort Myers, went up the west coast of Florida, <laughs> and threatened yeah. Tallahassee. I forgot the name of the storm, but I recall that incident very clearly.
3: Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and you know, Lee was a Category Four, and you know, a oh, lot of right. tropical cyclones right. developed this year, but what they did is they stayed out over the water, right? because the, mm-hmm. the Bermuda Azores High didn't build far enough west to give these storms a ride into the United States. So we got a lot more storms than you think, about 20 named storms in all. But most of the storms that developed moved well to the east of us. And you were correct, Robert, in saying that these storms just missed New England and hit the uh, Atlantic Canada. They hit Atlantic Canada with full force. And some and
0: of us only. Ophelia was one. Philippe yeah. was another. I'm sure I'm missing a couple of names. You're right. I, you
2: know, you forget about this stuff. At least I do. But, but you're mm-hmm. right. I'll, what you're saying yeah. is true. We did, but this year we had a a fortunate year. We, we may not be so fortunate next year. Of course. Mm-hmm. I want to, Bob. Can we move on to the next. Yeah, one? Sure. Okay. Yeah. Um, immigrant from New York.
0: You are up next. Oh, so what
1: this I got is to Karen? I'm one of the panelists in the meeting. Oh, we'll awesome. To you.
0: We'll get to you, Karen, in a moment. We're going to talk with I'm immigrants. sorry for being
1: late. It's just um...
0: That's fine. Immigrant, go right ahead.
1: All right. I
5: have not been in America anywhere as much as the rest of you because you were born here. I wasn't. And even in my brief history in America, I remember that in the 1990s, what the trend that we're talking about was called by many global warming when warming wasn't really accounted for somewhere in the thousands, they started calling it climate change. And the words climate change, fighting fighting global warming, at least can be described as a goal. Fighting climate change is totally as a goal strange because climate had been changing for millennia, naturally had been changing. And if there is any kind of climate change now, which probably there is, it always been. It is natural. There is no such thing as anthropogenic climate change. It is. Oh, oh I don't see
2: it that way. So, no, hold, hold do on, do. hold on for a second, immigrant. Just right. a quick question. I appreciate your comment. Let's let's assume for the sake of conversation that you're right, that there's no man-made component to this. My question is, so what? We we we're having these weird climate situations where you know we talked about what's what went on with the hurricanes we've had the florida oceans warming up to 90 degrees so that where so people can't bathe in them we're, we're having some really issues that are that are really concrete we're having home insurance companies refusing to do insurance companies in florida and california because of the weather they're essentially saying we if the risk is too great you know whether it's man made or not it seems to we got some issues we need to address
5: The issues that we need to address as far as hurricanes have been addressed every time a hurricane hit the land, which is the local governments have a preparation plan, an evacuation plan for the people who are affected by the hurricane, and the plan of rebuilding if, God forbid, any homes are destroyed or other buildings are destroyed, and that's all we can do in terms of hurricanes. We cannot stop a hurricane we didn't, we didn't create it. we don't stop it.
2: Uh, fair enough, okay Karen Karen, you're next
1: Yes, my comments about climate change is I believe that weather's weather patterns happen, especially now. I took New England because that's where I've lived all my life and um in the nineteen seventies, we had some pretty mild winters. And some cold winters, 1975 and 1977 were pretty cold winters. 1978 also, we had the blizzard of 78, mm-hmm. and we've had some pretty hot summers in the 70s, uh, 1977 and 1975. were fairly warm in the 80s. We had cold winters at the beginning of the 80s, and... Some hot summers, and in the 90s, we had, out here in Lemonstore, where I live, we had some pretty snowy winters in 94 and 96, and we also had mild winters, which changed. And In the 2000s, early there were cold winters, and there were a couple of them, and there were some pretty warm summers, and I'm saying yes. And lately, we've had milder winters, and I'm saying, yes, there is climate change, but I do believe we have patterns where some winters and summers are hot and cold here in New England, and those patterns repeat themselves. However, I differ in saying, yes, there is climate change, and there are things that we as individuals can, you know, help to do about it, you know, like recycling things, reusing things, and being conscious of uh you know, it, of things like that, and I believe that in our daily lives we can try to do some small things like turn the heat down in the winter, not using the air conditioning as much in the summer so we can save on energy. So, yes, I do believe there's climate change, and there's been climate change, as Immigrant was pointing out, for, for millennia, forever. So Car- and So, Karen...
2: All the stats that I've seen have been that that uh, over the past 10 years, we've had the warmest summers, the hottest summers through all
1: around. Well, maybe, world. no, no, maybe, maybe in some places, but maybe not
3: everywhere. On the year, not in New England.
1: and Not in New England. It was cold this summer in New England. It It really was.
3: And the summer I mean, before last was cold as well.
1: Yes, I agree. And in, in, in the summer of twenty-two, the beginning of the summer of the cold. We had some heat, and by September, it just shut off, like, just like that. Okay. So and I I'm have a question. Saying-
0: so, so I have a question for Steve. Thank you, Karen. I want to move on because I have a burning question for Steve. Very okay. Good. If man is responsible for climate change, if we are responsible for it, what are we doing today that we didn't do two hundred years ago?
3: Incinerating fossil fuels like no man's business. There's your answer. We're burning fossil fuels like there's no tomorrow. And, you know, we're reducing coal use is a good thing. But when we start burning liquid, na- liquefied natural gas, LNG, what happens is you burn cleanly so there's no sun blocking soot to offset the insulating properties of the greenhouse gases that are released at the time of combustion. And another thing that happens is that you release methane and carbon dioxide at the same time when you incinerate LNG. So you've got double trouble there. So in some ways, you know, our switch from coal, which is visually filthy, to liquefied natural gas is really bad. And it's one of those things that, you know, you can't see the enemy. It's like the invisible menace. Greenhouse gas and emissions mm-hmm. are basically the invisible menace. You know, mm-hmm. you can't see them, you can't touch them, taste them, smell them. You know, there's, there's mm-hmm. no tangible way to to, to get at their, their presence around you. And because they are unsensible, they are often not even considered as a part of our day-to-day lives. Yet every storm that we see is affected by climate change. And I want to talk about the winters that Karen discussed. Winter weather is becoming more volatile. And the scientists who look at this say so. Kerry E. Emanuel of MIT says that, you know, one winter will be very cold while the next winter is very mild. One winter will be snowy while the winter to follow is very snowless. And you'll see volatility within a season. And what will happen is it'll be nice in December and then around the 20th of January to about the 14th or 18th or 20th of February, you'll get a series of snowstorms that are followed by brutally cold air. That's called the Greenland Block. And right. Greenland—that's Green, That's what happened in
0: 15.
3: Yep, and it's what happened in 2018, too, when we had four nor'easters in two weeks.
0: In March, yep.
3: So, mm-hmm. so you know, the Greenland Block is persistent, and it can bring you a seemingly ceaseless succession of big winter storms right up the coast. And it so, holds the cold air in because you've got a trough in, in the eastern sections of North America. So much of what falls is snow. when I'm sorry. But, and the, when you're in a Greenland block, you can get this sort of thing. So you could conceivably be lulled into the idea that you've got a good winter and then around New Year's, you get a Greenland block that lasts for three, four, five, six weeks. And mm. it's awful. So, Steve, yeah. I have
2: two questions for you. They're different. So, uh, and by the way, uh people are uh, the other panelists. You're welcome to interrupt, but I but I, wanna, I I want to make a comment to Steve. Part of the problem with with the climate change promotion is is something I think that uh, immigrants said. The idea that they used to call it global warming, and the well, okay, that you know that didn't work, so they changed it to climate change, which, as Karen pointed out, can mean anything. You know, it, it, it's sort of hard to measure. The, the The term I like is we weather weather weirding
5: because
2: the okay. weather it's just more un, okay. seems to be more unpredictable than it was. You know, weather uh,
3: had always been unpredictable. Okay, well, but, let me get to no, the global but, warming climate change thing. But, work, okay, yeah, that's all right. I'm going to answer your question. Global warming refers to the warming of the atmosphere resulting from the input of greenhouse gases to the atmosphere. Global warming causes climate change by affecting the other components of the climate system. Okay, the, the the climate system has five components. They are the atmosphere, the hydrosphere, the oceans, in other words, the cryosphere, ice sheets, land, the continents, and life. And it doesn't matter whether it's microbiotic or, <laughs> or it's the hungry, hungry hippo, everything on mm-hmm. Earth affects climate, called the, the, the Lovelock hypothesis. and. Basically that says that, that life does not, you know, live in a climate that is opposed upon it that is imposed upon it, but it also exerts influence through the greenhouse gas contents that it, it releases as a function of its biology. So all of these factors are the climate system. So when global warming affects land and it affects the oceans, it affects the ice fields, it affects life on all scales, whether it be a Monstrous hippo or whether it be macroorganisms that are breaking down organic matter in the soils beneath your feet. What about global warming a thousand years ago? Okay, global warming simply is one it looks at one element of climate change and global warming causes climate change by affecting all of the other elements or the components of the climate system and altering the way in which they interact with one another in the conduct of the climate affairs. So there is your answer. If you, if you. uh, A thousand years ago,
5: there was a global or a local, perhaps, warming where in England, people were able to grow grapes and make wine. And there were no cars, no computers,
3: no natural gas, no. Yeah, that was that was the medieval warm period. And it was thought to be an outgrowth of a long increase in solar output. And then we had the Little Ice Age, which was thought to be a decrease in solar output and a coinciding surge in volcanic activity. And so, you know, those are natural. Those are millennial scale oscillations. And so is that, this. Yeah, and, and, no. and
2: here, here is here is my that I've been wrestling with for probably ten, five years since I wrote about this on my blog. So. Steve is talking about how how this is a has a really large man made component. Immigrant is essentially saying, no, it doesn't. There have been examples of this before, and that's true, there were, and it and it destroyed life the way they knew it back then, and, and it and it sort of reformed over time. My question though is we are on the earth now, right? We are, we are, you know, we are a major part we're of existing. the world. Yeah. We, we exist. We rule the universe, right? We, we, man, we, right. we humans rule the universe. So whether it's human made or not, we, it seems to me we should be doing things to, 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 uh, make, make the, make the symptoms as it were less. You know, none of us want to go through hurricanes. None of us want to go through global ocean warming. Which just makes weather weirder. It, it speeds up the process right. of hurricanes. So whether it's man-made or not, it seems to me we should be doing things to, to reverse some of these processes.
6: The
5: pro- pro- problem is if we establish that it is not man-made to begin with, how is it man-made to reverse it?
2: Well, that's an interesting question. But, but the ant, but it seems to me the answer is do you, do we want to live in a, in a, in a, in a well, do we want to live in, in, in a world where the weather really does appear to be doing weirder things than it has in the past? You know, hurricanes becoming stronger, quicker, uh, oceans mm-hmm. faster, storms going where they, where they usually don't, droughts happening where they usually don't. Okay. Are there things that we should be doing differently so we can weather this stuff better? Cause it seems to I me mean, we're not doing a good whatever job. Whatever we
5: are doing
4: is not going to affect it. I mean, we haven't even mentioned the poor cap. The who? The uh, polar
0: caps.
3: The polar caps? Oh, well, the polar caps. Yes, how the ice oh. you know. Which yeah, are increasing. The right. The ice sheets are melting like no man's business, and they're going to continue <laughs> to melt for the foreseeable future. Exactly. I mean, I live 35 more years, and I will not live long enough to see an ice-free Arctic or Antarctic, but I will say this. The extent to which ice sheets melt during the remaining years 20, 30 years of my life will be significant and they will bring about a significant extent of sea level rise the world over. And I think it's, it's important that you talk about hurricanes becoming stronger faster. We're seeing more category four and five hurricanes. Sure. And we're seeing those hurricanes rapidly intensify. Now, there was some research done by Dr. James Hansen, and, and this is controversial. So I'm, I'm just going to sort of, Give you a caveat right there, and some some believe it, others don't. I I sir, personally believe it. His contention is that in 2020, when we reduced aerosol outputs by ships in the in the Atlantic and Pacific basins, it cleaned the air, allowing the sun's warming rays to right to strike the the ocean surface, and that is why the oceans have been so warm in the, the past year. And it looks like that will continue for a while. So the oceans are warming at an accelerating rate. And I'm just gonna say this, and this is my prediction exclusively. I think that we are gonna see more hurricanes of unprecedented intensity in the next 15, 20 years than we did in the last 40. We had Gilbert and Wilma, and those two storms were separated by 17 years. It is my opinion that if the oceans continue to warm at their breakneck pace, sometime in the 2030s, 2040s, we will reach some critical mass in the oceanographic and atmospheric system that will permit the formation of hurricanes that achieve unprecedented intensities every three, four, five years. Mm -hmm. So it's conceivable that you will see a series of unprecedentedly Powerful hurricanes of great size. In nineteen ninety
5: nine we were told that oh. in 2000, the world's, the sea levels are going to wipe some countries off the, the map. We're still not there. How many wrong predictions have we seen the world is going to end in 2020? Uh, okay, yeah, 2020. But, okay, well, hold
1: on. And I also. So oh. wait, Go ahead. We we are are conflict. Conflict. Karen? Well, Karen? I have a question for you. About predictions in the 1970s. I remember this was in the scientific mirror. You know, they played it in radio stations about how the sun was going to die in, you know, there was going to be a lot of smog and the sun was going to die
3: in the yeah, late 70s.
1: <laughs> and they said there was going to be an ice age.
3: That never happened. Okay, Karen, I, I, this was before you, you came into the scene. Yes. The, the climate is warming at a time when it would have otherwise cooled. Now, to speak to the emigrant's uh, statement, in, in the 1990s and 2000s, we had a lot of aerosols in the air. And these aerosols hey. block out incoming solar radiation and offset the insulating properties of the greenhouse gases <clears throat> that are, that they are released in the air alongside. Well, well, Steve, aerosols, if I
0: may, was, if I may interrupt in minute, you just aerosols, for a second, Steve. If I may interrupt yep. you just for a second. Are you telling us that there Is enough chemical to change an entire environment,
3: to change an entire ocean? Oh, the the whole ocean system. The Atlantic, Pacific, (laughs) Indian, Arctic absolutely the whole oceanographic we were, we were
5: told before that the aerosols were wrong and they were bad for the environment we should stop using them now we're being told that by stopping to, stopping using them they were offsetting the green so-called greenhouse gases mm-hmm. so now there's nothing that's, to offset
3: them. No. but the aerosols that you're talking about are chlorofluorocarbons and they they destroy ozone in the stratosphere okay tropospheric aerosols like sulfur dioxide are totally different. They're completely different aerosols. And by reducing tropospheric sulfur dioxide, you expose the latent greenhouse warming that they once cloaked. Another thing that happens is you increase insulation. Insulation is the warming effect of the sun's rays on your face. If you have ever stood outside on a a sunny day and the cloud goes over the sun, you notice that it's a little cooler when that cloud Mm -hmm. passes rays return to their full power and you begin to feel a surge in the Sun's warmth that is called insulation and insulation varies depending on how much wildfire smoke or cloud cover we call it in climatology we refer to what is is turbidity which is basically the amount of light scattering particulates suspended within a column of air so if you increase turbidity you decrease the temperature. If you decrease the. Well, there you year, go.
0: That, there you go. That's probably why we had a cool summer in New England, because of all those Canadian wildfires. Well, that was a part and of it. Perhaps
5: yeah. of the
3: wildfires are caused by people's negligence. Yeah, well, that 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 does play a part of it. Smokey the Bear yeah. wasn't any of the business. That Timberland no, but, 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 Teddy bear had a message. I still come back to my. my
5: and mismanagement thing. of the fires. Hold the, hold
2: uh, and of course immigrants right there, there is there is some truth to that but it's also tr- I think it's also true that because the, the weather you know was warmer than usual it it and the winds were stronger than usual that that's the bottom line that that it's it made the the mismanagement worse so it's a combination of both which sort of goes back to my point it seems to me you know that our use of our excess use of coal and of oil and thing is, is causing
5: excess.
2: It, 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 well, it, it's causing problems for us, whether or not it's impacting the climate, you know, it's, it's, it's when there are accidents, it, it, it destroys, it destroys uh, sea life or, or river life. Yeah. When stuff gets dumped into waters, it, you know, it causes cancer. We, we know all this stuff. And yet we seem to be, you know, not r- wrestling with those issues because because, because some people are saying that this doesn't improve, it doesn't affect climate change
3: it and it becomes
2: sort of a red herring. And it seems to me we should be doing more to, to, to help us deal with the issues that sometimes happen when we pump oil. You know, there it's, it's well, not a great way of doing business sometimes.
1: Well, I have a question. Why? Oh, go ahead,
2: Karen. Go ahead. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: we should be getting after the countries who are using more oil or coal than we are. I'm talking about countries like China,
5: China, yeah,
1: and India ah. who are using much more coal and oil and getting away with it. We should be getting after them for doing that because in, they're in, part of the problem.
3: In, in
2: fairness to China, and I, I, I thought my facts right, and I'm pretty sure do. They are doing a lot. To 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 do with solar and wind and things like that, solar especially. Yes,
3: they are like, they're leaders. They in are. That.
2: They actually are. Having said okay, that, they're I'm also, they're also buying more that, coal. You know, so
3: you're right don't, here. don't apologize, Aaron. You're fine. Go ahead. Just don't to say that um,
1: solar India, I alive. had heard that they're using more coal and oil than we are. We're bringing more conscientious about it. Uh, what right. was that? Well, I know.
2: Hold on. Let me explain. Hold on. Emma Gray, and then and then Steve,
5: go ahead. Solar energy is unreliable. Wind energy is unreliable. Electric vehicles are unreliable. People are pushing for unreliable technologies that are not either not yet developed. How can the market answer and accept and embrace something that is unreliable, regardless? Of what
3: people think about the climate issues. Steve? Yep. Now, alright. And now, let me just explain something. And, 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 you know, both are right here. India is, and China are building coal-fired power plants at a rate of like three a week. India is building two, uh, uh, one a week. China is building two a week, and there are plans in the works for dozens more. So when coal is burned, Carbon dioxide is released in great volume. So this is a bad thing. On the other hand, India is actually the leader in the solar revolution. So, no, Karen, you do not owe anyone an apology. You spoke to what you knew and what you knew was right. And unfortunately, coal is going to be a fuel that is with us for a while, 20, 30, 40 years. But liquefied natural gas scares the sugar bear out of me because it burns so cleanly and because it releases both methane and carbon dioxide, methane is 25 times more potent per volume than CO2. So, ton kind of methane is 25 times more potent a greenhouse gas than a ton of carbon dioxide. So, you know, I think that we need to seriously think about the LNG. If we can burn fossil fuels cleanly, then the greenhouse gases that they release have no obstacles to their heat-trapping capacities. And unfortunately, burning fossil fuels more cleanly means accelerating the rate of warming in coming years. Y'all okay. want to the temperature can I don't think we're going well, to Hold on, that. Bob. Yes. Do you want to throw up for questions? Actually,
0: I wanted to find out if there are any hands raised. We're going to see if we can get participation from the community.
3: We are clear. We currently have.
0: Yeah, have okay. yeah. Uh, so I want to my to just, hand raised too, Bob. Uh, Paul, Paul, you wanted to ask a question of our panel. Go right
1: ahead. Okay. Yeah, I'd like to ask the lady from New York on what effect does that, that she think the uh, say solar flares or solar sunspots would, would have on on the um, on weather patterns? Solar? You mean the, the you know, like sunspots or, sun, or sun for, you know flare ups from the sun? Which which are going to which do occur so which sometimes we just don't know
5: yes and the, know and the corona of the sun and sun the sun wind solar wind et cetera, that is outside of anyone's control and and if it's going to cause any weather patterns or activity. All we can do is state the facts and get prepared because our forecasting systems are much better. Look at how we're forecasting hurricanes and getting prepared to them.
2: I, I do remind you, immigrant, that part of what's going on with 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 the hurricanes and the wildfires. I've said this before: is that a lot of home insurance companies are saying we can't insure homes anymore; we lose too much money. And mm-hmm. the reason that's the, the reason they're saying that is because of this, these weird weather patterns that are un- unpredictable, unforeseeable. I mean, th- we're better than we were before. There's no question about that. But I, I pay I pay attention when home insurance companies, you know, who have been insuring homes for for a long time, are saying we can't do this in certain parts of this country because because you know the weather is just too weird. I, I know Florida down
4: here. Well, yeah,
2: Rick, yeah, you're, you're going through this in Florida, aren't you? I'm sorry. Sure. Sure. We are there. Area.
5: It supposedly is because hurricanes have been there for at least since 1994 that I was, I'm in this country and there is no more weir- weirdness or less weirdness. We not, have two
2: not, hands not, now. Not according, okay. not, not according to the home insurance folks. Home in there, insurance people.
4: will pay you different.
1: So our first hand is from Area 505, ending in 638, and then to be followed by Carla Hayes.
0: Okay, 638, you're up.
1: Yes, that's me, Beth. Hi, Beth. You- I wanted to ask the the yes. panel about, okay, they say that that meat has an effect on climate change, but also <sighs> like the ice storm that they had in Texas about two years ago, and they a lot of those people had windmills and things like that, but in the there was no sun that was shining, and there was no the windmill froze. so what alternative sources could be
3: could be used for in that in that case Steve, that was the result of a polar vortex, and polar vortices more common now because of climate change. the world is warming. And the polar vortex, the circumpolar vortex, which encircles the Arctic, corralling the cold air that is typically found there, is slowing. And as it slows, it is more likely to be disrupted by stratospheric warming and sudden stratospheric warming, which is too complex for here. <clears throat> and you can get these these crazy extremes, and you can get bitterly cold air that goes right into the Gulf of Mexico. They used the fossil mm-hmm. fuel. And they they had to do it the dirty way, and yes, I do believe that fossil fuels will still be a part of the picture twenty thirty years from now. But yes, that was, that's a good point. I mean, what happens if climate change and this crazy weather makes certain alternatives useless? What happens if windmills freeze or if it's so cloudy that the sun can't go through the clouds and 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 activate solar panels? That's one I, I, of the I things did. that. No, oh, just because several people lost power and stuff that time.
2: It wasn't several oh, yeah. people; it was large parts of back. Texas. And and my my understanding of that, Beth, it wasn't just the wind turbines who froze. It was the natural gas pipes were were, were not sufficiently secured against the cli- uh, you know the, the cold weather, and they didn't work either. So this wasn't That's just a wind issue; it was a it was a total breakdown of the entire energy system. Yeah, so, you know, I don't I don't you want to put mm-hmm. the wind just on one facet of it. There was, there was yep. lots of problems
0: with that. Thank you, Beth, for your contribution. We appreciate it as always. Thank you. Carla, Carla. I believe you are next.
6: Hello. I, I am from what we call it, the great metropolis of McMurray, Pennsylvania. And I, I really believe that we are experiencing, I, I've seen climate change just in the little microcosm that is my property, and I'll explain to you why. We live. I live in an area where there are lots of trees. You know, I live where there's woods. And we've had to cut down trees over the years. And a few years ago, I had to cut down a very big tree that shaded my driveway. And before that tree was cut down, I could go out, and the concrete was really cool there on the driveway on a sunny day, and there was shade, and it it was cool there. Mm -hmm. But once that tree was cut down, that the driveway became so hot, and you can feel, you can now feel the heat coming up from that driveway. And I'm thinking to myself, if just this little concrete patch, on my corner of the world is behaving like this what is going on at a larger level and I guess my question to you well, I hope that's you know I'm not a very scientific person I always jokingly say I'm a a lowly linguist and this stuff does confuse the heck out of me sometimes you know what I mean I'm trying to understand it but however my question is what can little old me do okay I'm doing all my one things for the world they've probably become 20 things of not polluting including landfills and recycling and trying to do my part. But is it too late? Is it to the point where we can't do anything? And well, I, I hate to of be a person. First I don't think most of us here at the panel are
5: experts. There is only one weather expert here at the in the panel. Most of us are just people who believe in something regarding climate whether they are proponents or opponents of climate change, but uh, most of us here and the panel are not experts, and in the, in, in, in the no. many listeners, so don't apologize for this. And uh, as far as recycling and other things, there are two. Those are two different things, unrelated things. Climate issue that we're discussing and environmental common sense. Things that people do for the environment, like, for example, not polluting the landfills, that's the environmental common sense. That doesn't
1: have anything to do with climate.
5: Well,
1: I have suggestion for the lady. Hey, Karen. Have you thought that maybe you might, is there a chance you could plant another tree and take a ch- time to grow? But I know what you're talking about. You know, you know, and right. maybe that would help you.
5: I didn't comment on that. You're right.
1: Go that ahead, That would probably and I help to been, shade
5: your
6: driveway. Yes, I enough. have because, been planting trees. They take a while to grow. Yeah, but, but my suggestion...
1: Trees. Yeah, my suggestion is the reason I say that is we had a house that I lived in until, you know, my, my parents lived in everything. We had some beautiful pine trees out front. Right before my brother sold the house, he decided... He was told by somebody that the trees were diseased, and he had to cut them down, and he did. And the last time I was there, I noticed that the front porch, which had been nice and shaded, was hot, (coughs) maybe 5, 10 degrees cooler, warmer. And I thought to myself, every time I hear about a tree being cut down, I think that, I don't know, I guess maybe they had to be, maybe not. They were beautiful pine trees, and I, I was sorry to see them go. So that, you know, with that kind of thing, it does raise the temperature and, you know, an immediate property of something.
5: I should have it come does, and i done I, this very, too. I
6: do not cut down trees, you know, willy-nilly. I, this was a day. Oh, I tree. know. fall in the yeah. house. And now I have another one that's like that and I'm really upset about having to cut it. In fact, I hate to hear the sound of a chainsaw. I just yeah. hate it when trees. Yeah. 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 Having a tree will cause the sh- the, Shadow to dis- the
5: the shade of the tree to disappear, and therefore your property is going to your your driveway is going to feel warmer that
6: has nothing to do with uh, climate change it it doesn't because I was thinking the work. oasis effect of whole cities having more concrete that you yeah i I'm just trying to say, am I on the right track to say what happened in my little corner of the world when magnified? can create climate change just for the oasis effect that jungles in the city create. Certainly
1: not. Sure. Sure. People should be growing more trees, really. That would help. What's happening
0: now now is you've got people knocking down trees and replacing those trees with solar panels. At least that's what's happening here in Massachusetts.
1: (laughs) Yes, yes. Yes,
6: that and is that's not creating, just knocking them down and putting up concrete buildings all over the place and concrete. And that's another you know, thing. And I, yeah. just, I just Please. say that I think I have experienced it. I was not mm. a, a believer at first, but when I am experiencing this on my property and thinking in my little feeble mind, well, how how is this affecting it when whole communities are doing this? That's what I'm saying
2: i I'm actually curious, Steve, in sort of follow-up on, on Carla's sort of question, you know, given your take on the world, on climate change, what kinds of things should we be doing? Planting trees strikes me as, as, as a good solution. I've heard that suggested more than once. But what kinds of things should we be doing as a
3: culture, as it were? What, what You know, what what should we be doing?
1: Before Steve answers, we
3: have 10 minutes. Thank you. Thank you, Marcy. I think that we should use solar panels. if in in fact it is possible, if you have to cut a tree down to to make solar panels operable in your house, then, you know, go with the idea that, that, you know, you can use solar panels and you can also, you know, perhaps even, you know, so they work comparably. Let's say that you you don't want to go with solar. You could actually put some trees around your house so that during the summer you don't have to use AC as as much. So that'll mm-hmm. reduce AC usage because you're blocking out the sun that warms the house. Another thing that you can do is when you, when you have shades on your windows, there are two kinds. There's light filtering and light blocking. Light filtering shades allow more of the sun's light in. Light blocking shades less. So if you have lots of windows, Put light filtering shades on. That way you can lower the shades and still get the benefit of the sun, sun's light that comes through. So you don't have to use all the incandescent light that you would need if your house was a dark cave. So those are things that can be done. Another thing, I mean, it may be a little hard to do, but cool pool. You know, we, we in New England can get heat waves that are six, seven, eight days long. They're rare, but they do happen you know, go to your friends and use her AC, and she comes to you and uses your AC. You know, cool pool. You know, that way you're not using 14 ACs to cool three bodies. You're using Mm -hmm. six ACs to cool Mm -hmm. six bodies. Mm -hmm. And it makes a big difference. You know, I didn't think about that. It It sounds like
5: communism.
4: Go ahead, Rick. (sighs)
2: It's not not government-connected.
5: You know, I didn't think of it
4: You know, I didn't think about that But, you know, um, but you're right I mean, here in Here in Florida Summertime, our electric bill Is just crazy Because, I mean It's running all All of the time And, you know, we're doing What, you know, what they say Keep it at 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 either 78 or 76 and don't move it. And it's just, it's just so high. It's like, it's like about, I don't know, about, about $40, $50 higher.
3: Tremendous. Well, it makes a difference. Yeah. So,
2: so Steve, I, I yeah. actually like, I like those personal suggestions. I think they're really interesting. And yeah, well, I
3: sure.
5: when you com- don't and- allow drilling, uh, the energy costs are going to skyrocket.
1: Well, I have a couple of suggestions that I kind of reuse certain things. Like if you have TV dinners, I rinse, I have been doing this for years. I rinse the, the containers out and I'll use them in my bathroom for trays to put things in. And you can reuse plastic cups. You can reuse stuff so that in a small way, you know, you're recycling stuff and reusing it. And instead of throwing... Things away like clothing and things like that. Try to mm-hmm. donate them if they're in good condition.
2: That's what yep. I do. Yeah.
1: So any, well, any, those any, are a few things that.
2: Any Any oh. hands in the air at the moment? We're clear. Okay. Thank you. Appreciate it. So I. Uh, so yeah, and, and so I'm interested in something that, if, that immigrants I'm, I'll keep on saying immigrants. Immigration is that right? Immigrant. Immigrate. Sorry, mm-hmm. I'll get it right eventually. Immigrant. So this this is sort of a hot topic about dr- drilling or not drilling, and how much we should be drilling oil, and how much we should we should be har- harvesting coal, and how much we should be putting into solar, and how much we should be putting into wind and other alternative energies. Uh, just parenthetically, it seems to me. Right now, somebody talked about how solar and wind is just not reliable right now I said that and and you're right right now it is not reliable it 's better than it was twenty years ago, but it's not reliable. but who knows where we 're going to be twenty years from now you know if if we yep. think there's, we there's, don't
5: we don't if there well, is a reliable alternative energy no. i'm sure the whole world is going to jump on it and use it instead of what we're using now, and it has nothing to do with whether people do or don't believe in man-made climate change. If alternative cars, what people know, some government is pushing for electric cars, which are too expensive, too unreliable, and too unaffordable. If we have cars that will not run on gasoline and will run on something else, and it's reliable, affordable, and available everywhere, I'm sure the market is going to play the role. And people are going to drive them, not only because they are more environmentally friendly, but they're better.
2: And I'll just point out to you, immigrant, that when oil was first started, it was heavily subsidized by government for many, many years. It still is. So if we're not if we're going to stop subsidizing solar and wind and electric cars, which we are heavily. Right. Mm -hmm. There's no question that we are. But if we're going to do that, then I think we should stop subsidizing oil as well.
5: Just stop it all. I'm not talking about stop or not stop subsidizing.
3: I'm talking about reliability of the electric car.
2: Right. But mm-hmm. but go ahead, Steve, Whoa. or somebody. I don't want to go I, I, I
3: just want to leave you with this one thought. Immigrant, you make some good points. And Karen, you make good points. I'm, I'm impressed with the caliber of knowledge here. I want to leave you all with the thought. There is something called the Glasberg Drought Cycle. And it runs every 90 years. The last time it happened was in the 1930s with the 1930s Dust Bowl. Well, mm-hmm. we're living in a world that's warmer. And sometime around 2025, 2026, 2027, we're going to begin to embark upon a Dust Bowl that could last three, four, five, or more years. And this yeah, Dust Bowl nice. will be characterized by wildfires in the West, drought in the plains and Midwest, and coastal areas will incur the wrath of category four and five hurricanes. And we may even see a hurricane or two that is of such intensity that it is worthy of placement in the record books. We are going to see an incredible climate change catastrophe brought on in large part by natural variability that is augmented by human influence. So I'm just telling you that, and you know, I've told this to Dorothy, Dorothy, you can verify this, Yes, he told me that. In the next handful of years, three, four, five, six years, the climate change feathers are going to fly. And when they do, they will do so in a very, very, very (laughs) big way. So Mm. I just hope that all of you guys can be careful because we are just at the beginning here, the the wild and wacky ways of our crazy climate and the extreme weather that is engendered. Well, and we are uh, out of time well I
1: just want to say something, Steve, we before out, you, you're before out you out leave. are oh, out, time. Time. Oh, out of time. Okay. Right. okay. Sorry about that. Thank, well, thank you thank very everybody. much.
0: Thanks for being Bye. on the program, Thanks. Karen, Rick, Steve, and Immigrant. We really appreciate your wisdom and your knowledge. Thank you, Marcy, for being our host for today. Thank you, Peter, and thank you to our participants. And it was a great show. I really enjoyed this. We'll have to do it again sometime. Go safe with God's abundant blessings. Next week, we're going to talk about Thanksgiving, what it means.
1: Oh, yes, yeah.
0: Interesting program. Take care, everybody, and God bless you. Thank you. Have Have a good weekend, everybody. everybody. Thanks, everyone. Have a good
1: weekend.